KRCL, Salt Lake City. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. I'm Rashawn Leak, and this is Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. Thanks for plugging into your community with me tonight on this snowy Tuesday, y'all. So tonight on Roundtable Tuesday edition of the show, I'm going to talk with music. I'm going to talk about music meets activism with our own Talia Keys, and I say our own because not only is she a member of the KRCL family, but I'd like to think she's a member. You know, she's a she's a local here. She's a local badass, if you will. I mean, deemed the most fabulous local musician by Q Salt Lake in its Fabby Awards. Her album Lessons in at 41 on KRCL listeners picks of the best albums of 2022. And number two, best local musician by City Weekly Readers. And then we have for our Rallies and Resource Edition with Radioactive. We have our own Laura Jones coming in with us for uh, rallies and resources. That's we got, right. We got powerful moms who care. That's right. We've got the Arts Council call for artists, and we've got the Sundance Film Festival. In fact, we're going to start with those. Calling an audible here, Rashawn. Oh, I like it. Because I we're, like uh, it. the snows. Omaha, Omaha. That's football. <laughs> no, just in case y'all don't know, that's that's football. Hut hut. So uh, give a few more minutes for our powerful moms who care to get to the studios in the snowstorm. Please be careful out there, but we'll have them to talk about a rally coming up at the Capitol on Monday. It's a diaper and formula rally and also uh, shining a light on what single moms who are struggling in our community are going through. So stick around for that. But let's we're going to go to the first bit of tape. I'll set this up for you. okay? All right. And the Salt Lake Arts Council is closing in on its deadline in an open call for artists to get pre-qualified for their talent pool for 2023 to 2025. They already got a bunch of folks. You can see them on the website right now for the past couple of years. So I recently invited Public Art Program Coordinator Renato Olmedo Gonzalez to come in and talk about it. Here's that conversation. I believe it is on uh, number two. Yes, it is. So this is an opportunity exclusively available to Utah artists. We're inviting artists at all stages of their career to apply to become a pre-qualified artist um, of the Salt Lake City Public Art Program. Um, the pre-qualified artist pool, which we call the pool, it's open from 2023 through 2025. What we'll do is we will review the applications, review portfolios, review body of work, and select a number of them for them to be included in a list um, of pre-qualified artists, pre-approved artists that our program taps onto for uh, whenever we need to do a project and we are, you know, we are under time constraints. We, you know, we need to get something out. Um, The pool is a way for us to speed up the process, but it's also a nice resource when someone calls us and say, hey, I'm looking to commission an artist for a mural, for a sculpture, for a public artwork. We always send them the artist on the pool. Is the pool publicly displayed then? It's publicly displayed. So it's on our website for two years. How many folks do you accept into the pool? Is there a limit? There's not a limit, but right now we have 42, so we'll probably keep it around the same number. Right around 42. Now, does this preclude an artist from applying during that period for a specific project if they're not on 
the pool list. No, not at all. I think, and there's also not an advantage per se, um, if you become represented in the pool for future projects. What it will mean is that the art design board, who which is the body that selects, um, recommends artists to the Salt Lake City Mayor for public art, it's more acquainted with your work. Uh, they will acquainted. know who you are. Okay. They will know that you are a professional that's um, that delivers uh, a job that's a professional that someone can hire to create an artwork. So once you're on this list, um, can you expect a call? You could expect a call, but there is no guarantee of commission. Mm, So we will use the pool for different things. We're about to announce a commission that we just did. Um, It's not official yet because I still need to get under contract with the artist. But that was a pool project for a mural. So um, we invited all artists within the pool and we picked one of the muralists that are in the current iteration of the pool. Um, and we've done that in the past. We inaugurated, uh, uh, unveiled an artwork at the 600 South Track Station. That was a project by Jiyun Lee Lodge, who was an artist represented in the pool. So we do use it um, at least once a year, but we'll try to. So this call for artists for the 2023 to 2025 pre-qualified artist pool, who qualifies or who are you looking for to apply? We're looking for artists across a a very diverse group of artists. And we mean diverse in all senses of the word. Not only um, where they live here in Salt Lake City or here in Utah, who they are, where they come from, but also across all levels of experience, but also medium. I want to invite artists that perhaps don't think of themselves as public artists, but have perhaps done commissions to apply because this is a this is a um, something that should we hope it helps you in your professional development. But we also want to be able to have a representative sample of our, our local artist community. And again, specifically for folks residing in Utah, but I just noticed a phrase here on the rundown at uh, saltlakepublicart.org under the For Artists tab where folks can find information. It says you're inviting artists and artist-led teams. Teams, that's a good thing. So this is a team. A team is, it could be uh, a group of people that are artistic in nature. They create projects together. Um, that are led by an artist to implement a vision. So in public art, this is very common. Um, For example, you can have a designer that will uh, create a landscape architect that will create the look of a park. But then you also have a sculpture putting things in there, or you can also have an architect. Um, Public art in general as a field is a really, really collaborative collaborative field because you're not just doing an artwork for a gallery for yourself, for someone, you're, created artwork. you're creating artwork for a community. So that collaboration is key in public art across all levels. But teams um, are a fun way for uh, projects to happen. We have one artist in our uh, pre-qualified pool, the current one, uh, 2020, 2022, the Roots Art Collective. It's a, a muralist group comprised of three uh, muralists. You have know, them they, on the show. They do great stuff. Yeah, they do great stuff. So what is the deadline and where can people apply for the 2023 to 2025 pre-qualified artist pool with the Salt Lake Arts Council? Cool. So the deadline is Wednesday, December 14th. Um, We need you to submit your application by 5 p.m. So a lot of applications close at midnight. We want to make sure that we're available to answer questions. If anybody calls us, um, you know, like something doesn't work or anything and give yourself um, ample time to go through the process. So Wednesday, December 14th by 5 p.m., 
you should um, receive a notification whether you were accepted into the pool in early January. There is an info session that we had last week. So we have the pre-recording. We had a lot of questions in there. So I invite everyone to watch it and to read the full request for qualifications because um, most likely most of your questions will be answered in there. And that is Renato Olmedo Gonzalez of the Salt Lake Arts Council. You can check tonight's show notes for a link and artists and art teams, you have just under 24 hours to apply the cutoff. Uh, Rashawn, I need to remind folks, it's 5 p.m. It's not midnight. Ticking. It's 5 p.m. tomorrow, Wednesday, December 14th. And I know there's folks out there going like that. I just uh, spoke to someone today from the Jaguar Occult Collective. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking all the collectives out there, well, get yourself pre-qualified. Well, this is such a great opportunity. I mean, you know, it, all you have to do is just put yourself on the on the list and then you get the chance to yeah. work and let your let your art be shown well they're gonna vet you i mean yeah, so yeah. you gotta have a body of work yeah, that's valid. that they that's deem valid. worthy and then it doesn't preclude you from applying if you're not on the list it's just this pre uh vetted pool that they they have a practice of doing all right one more piece here to all share right, with you folks have, last week the sundance film festival announced its features lineup 99 films and growing and then earlier today, Rashawn, they previewed the shorts and indie episodic lineup. So I Zoomed with senior programmer John Nine, and we started with what will be the world premiere at Ooh. Sundance of a new series, Willie Nelson and Family. Okay, let's go. Yeah, absolutely. We were very excited about that. You know, it's surprising um, that there hasn't really been an extensive, comprehensive uh, work about Willie Nelson so far. And this is it. Absolutely. I mean, it's um, it's it's extraordinarily comprehensive. There is so much both for fans and also for people who are maybe less familiar with the body of work. Um, it's got an incredible energy to it. There's so many aspects of his life um, that that are framed in an interesting way His music. Um, and it's, you know, it's like I say it's long. That's a great thing in this case because there's so much in it. Um, and uh, it was something that we were, were really excited to see, um, you know, many of us being fans as well. Question. Any chance of Willie being at Sundance? That's a very good question. I don't know the answer. Uh, we certainly hope so. Uh, and, and, you know, it is worth noting that um, you, you you can't make this film without the support of Willie Nelson. Obviously, there's so much material in it. Um, and so, yeah, we uh, will see. All right. I want to go to your area of expertise as a senior programmer, and that's the 99 feature films. I wish we had time to go through every one, but I'm hoping you could give me a few highlights that you want to point out to folks. And I'm guessing every day you look at the lineup, you're, it changes. So just what's top of mind for you today from that 99 feature films and growing? Yeah, you know, that's a really great way of putting it because it does change day to day. We don't really program for themes, but of course, we we step back from that program and we start to notice things. We start to think about how it is that there are commonalities. Um, you know, there are a few things I would talk about. Certainly, we do see a lot of biographical nonfiction work. And actually, that's true of Willie Nelson. Right. But then you can throw into that category work about Indigo Girls, Michael J. Fox, Little Richard, Brooke Shields, uh, Nikki Giovanni, the poet, Cher Height. Um, who was someone that we didn't know quite as much about. And, and this is a fascinating documentary, um, Beth Ann Hardison. Uh, there's also even biographical work within the fiction um, section. You see uh, a film with Gael Garcia Bernal um, playing the famous Mexican wrestler Cassandro. Uh, there's a film called Fairyland about the writer, poet, and gay rights activist Steve Abbott in San Francisco. It's adapted from a memoir by his daughter, 
Um, and then you see, you know, so many films, I think that we noticed uh, with fantastic performances, performances always stand out to us. Um, there's Penelope Cruz in, in a film, um, Daisy Ridley, who most people will know from the Star Wars trilogy in a completely different role uh, in a film that I love called Sometimes I Think About Dying. Jennifer Connelly also in a completely different role, uh, a very fraught codependent mother-daughter relationship. Uh, and that's in a film from New Zealand called Bad Behavior. Um, Eugenio Derbez, uh, who some people might know from CODA. He was the school teacher in CODA. And he's also a teacher uh, here in this film who really transforms the lives of his class in a Mexican school. And that's a film called Radical. It's a fantastic performance. We think in an awards winning performance um, also from uh, an actress, Cynthia Erivo, in a film called Drift. Uh, and then you get a couple of, uh, you know, performances from people you've never heard of, but you will because they're future stars. Uh, there, there are two UK films in the program, uh, Scrapper and Polite Society, both of which have just completely groundbreaking performances from new actors. Um, so we like to see those things. We saw a lot of films with family stories um, you know, which which was quite interesting that that there's so much um, emphasis on the relationship between, you know, father, daughter, mother, daughter. That was very, very strong um, sense in the program. But, you know, otherwise, it's it's really hard to pick out themes. They're so different. Um, but that's what we love about the program. I am excited for that little Richard documentary. And there's one about uh, mariachis as well. So really runs the gamut. Yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic film that we love um, called Going Varsity in Mariachi um, that looks at, uh, you know, basically the the competition world of mariachi bands in Texas. Uh, and it's a really, really endearing story. Um, but it also, you know, has so much to do with how these young kids form identity around their heritage, um, you know, with with the, the way that they are discovering a kind of music. And um, it's a really, you know, it's a really fun film looking at uh, this this kind of competition world that we didn't know about. And in-person ticket packages on sale, but now online ticket packages on sale. Two different ways to experience Sundance in January. Yeah, absolutely. And we hope that people will, you know, we are excited about um Coming back in person, obviously, we've been two years online. And so this way in which we all feel that Utah is our home, whether that's Salt Lake, uh, Park City, um, up at the resort, you know, we're excited about that. And we're we're definitely keen to see that the way audiences um, respond to the work, the way that filmmakers can feel that audience uh, responding to their work, you know, people stopping them on Maid Street. Hey, you're the person who made this film, which is a really great moment for them. But at the same time, you know, we're excited about the reach um, and the ability, the accessibility that we have through online, the ability that people have to see work who don't normally make it out to um, Park City or Salt Lake. So, you know, that's a real um, a proposition for us. And we find it interesting that uh, people engage with work from all around the world. You know, there's a great uh, number of films that come from 23 different countries. Uh, and so, you know, it's it's a way for people to discover work. And we hope that people take advantage of those online packages um, as well. There's a unique way to see the film festival, and that's to volunteer and be part of the film festival behind the scenes. I understand applications are open through January 11th, so plenty of time. 
That's right. Um, and it's funny, we always hear stories every year from people who are in the program who sell it, who, you know, we always say, oh, is this your first time to Sundance? Because they've never made a film before. And then they say, no, no, I volunteered, you know, in 1994. Uh, I was a, a driver. I took the film prints from one theater to the other. We have a lot of stories like that. We actually have two, at least two filmmakers um, who I know of who, who started their careers um, at Sundance actually as volunteers. So it's a, it's a great moment for us. Well, what's the website where folks can learn more about those volunteer opportunities, but take a look at tickets? Um, yeah, they can go to sun, www.sundance.org and look at the festival section. There's a place for where you'll find all the ticket products. Um, and then there's also a section for the volunteer area. Um, those local packages, you know, I remind people for, for those going in person, uh, the local packages do offer fulfillment of the ticket packages before they go on sale, two days before they go on sale um, to the general public. So there's a, a nice way of accessing um, those films early. And I'll also mention just, uh, you know, for the Salt Lake based um, audience, there's a, we do have a new venue in Salt Lake this year. It's the Megaplex at Gateway. Um, and that is uh, going to see a lot of programming throughout the week, throughout the full festival. Um, it's a real chance, you know, I think, you know, knowing that it's a uh, convenient location for a lot of people um, and that it's going to have a full range of programs. We're excited to hopefully broaden the, um, the, the audience base that we have in Salt Lake. And that is John Nine of Sundance Film Festival. Don't forget, we have a Sundance tab under community affairs at krcl.org. Rashawn and I are part of the team for coverage this year. Let's go. I wonder, I'm thinking maybe a special Willie appearance. You know, I mean, you know, I'm just hoping I can go up there and uh, spend some time with (laughs) Willie, maybe around 420. Yeah, I was just thinking that in the back of my head. You you said it out loud. Okay. Okay, our folks just got here. Uh, the snow did not keep them. I'm so grateful they took the time and took their time to get here yes, safely. From powerful moms who care in the studio, we have a uh, founding member, Tamara White. Hi, how are you? Hello. And newcomer, Grace Cunningham, who's been with the program since November, I oh, believe. Oh, gee, right yes. there, Grace. Hello. Hello. Welcome, ladies. You got something coming up on Monday that we wanted to amplify with you, and it's a teddy bear rally and diaper and formula drive. What's behind this? What's going on? in the community that makes this necessary? So um, here in Salt Lake City, we have had um, 45 families with 130 kids sleeping outside in cars and tents. Um, As of October, we are waiting for the numbers for November, but this is an ongoing crisis. Where are you getting these numbers from? Are they being reported as folks being turned away from the family shelter? Yes, yes. That's... Rashawn, it just I breaks know. my it's, heart. It's hard. I didn't even realize that they kept track of that. I thought once you turn, you know, you get turned away, it's usually only the people who come in that are getting accounted for. I, I mean, I guess I'm happy that we at least have that data. But what are what are next steps? You know, so it's we start we start with the rally. So what are we hoping for to get from the rally? Well, basically, what we're asking is that the legislator passes the governor's $100 million budget and that $30 million of that be used to create more permanent supportive housing for families as well as a new family shelter to eliminate the issue. I was really happy to see that in the budget. That is nice. The governor's budget. Yeah. So uh, go on. Um, And then we are also demanding that the state take immediate action by any means necessary. Any means necessary. Okay, well, yeah. Anytime we can use uh, a Malcolm quote, I'm all in on that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, Tamara, on Monday, 6 p.m., on the front lawn of the Utah State Capitol, people can roll up and donate some items. What are you looking for and why? 
Or no. is this more? Is this more Grace's lane? Um, well, Grace can take the role. Uh, we're mostly trying to get the public. We're trying to get the public in aware of the problem because there is overflow, but it's not necessarily for the families particularly. And so we wanted to make that heat turned up. Turn up that heat. Mm-hmm. And you're asking folks to bring what to the rally? Diapers and baby formula. Diapers of any size, um, pull-ups, all that. We love it. And then um, formula as well. And then the teddy bears. You're asking for teddy bears, too. And what does that symbolize? Um, so we're asking people to bring teddy bears to symbolize the the children that have been sleeping outside. Um, and if anybody does decide to leave the teddy bears with us, with us, then we'll donate them to the kids that we work with. Oh, that's great. I love that. And, and so are you noticing, uh, you know, is this a new issue that with, you know, because I know our unshelter, we, we all are very familiar in the city about our unsheltered population. But I, I feel like we are seeing or hearing more about families. Is this a new a new opportunity or a new issue presenting itself? It's been about 20 years since they've had an issue of needing an overflow for the families. And they have been cycling families into permanent housing, but it's not at a fast enough rate and there's not enough housing vouchers or, I mean, hotel vouchers, I apologize, hotel vouchers for the need. And especially with the increase of families uh, with the high rise and cost of rental and stuff. So there's been an increase of that. So Powerful Moms Who Care, that's the group you're with at a Crossroads Urban Center. What do you all do? We got this rally on Monday. What else, Grace? Um, so we are an organization of low-income and homeless women that are just really working towards safer communities um, and healthier families, especially for people living in extreme poverty. Have you noticed that uh, having, a, a, if you will, a boots-on-the-ground approach, if you will, has, has helped to gain more traction, whereas you have a better understanding of kind of the needs that are out there? Tamara, um, you've been doing this since the beginning of Powerful Moms. Yes. Um, I was originally a resident that they were asking for some feedback of how resources could better help. And with that being the beginning of our group, uh, wanting to take action and advocate for change, towards uh, where we could better our journey of getting back on track and back into the community so yeah and this is a great way for folks to help on monday at the capitol 6 p.m on the front lawn they're asking for folks to bring a teddy bear to symbolize a child who will wake up in a car or a tent on christmas morning unfortunately right grace yeah what were those numbers again how many folks in the october numbers so 45 families with 130 kids 45 families 130 kids that are currently in this situation then you're also collecting diapers and baby formula and we've all heard the stories Mm. about the shortage of of baby formula and these goods tamra are going to go into the crossroads Urban Center uh, Emergency Pantry, I understand. Mm-hmm. And we have some other organizations, uh, the Road Home and uh, WIC, that we will be working with as well to disperse those. So where can folks learn more about the rally, the services that you offer and maybe they need, or how to get involved and join you in your calls to action, Grace? Um, so you can get involved or learn more on PowerfulMoms.org. Um, or reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks so much. And I told Bill, and I'll say it to you, you have an open invitation anytime you need to get the word out for Powerful Moms Who Care. Grace, Tamara, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, music meets activism. We just did that, and we're going to do it some more next. Who you got coming up? Uh, Well, you know, I figured if we're going to have Talia 
on as a panelist, I figured, what, why not play one of her songs, what if you, you will? So we got Ain't Got Time for This. Talia Keys and the Love from the Lessons album. Number 41. Utah Community Action is one of the largest nonprofits fighting poverty and its causes in the state. To support or access their programs for adult education, case management and housing, Head Start, heat utility assistance, nutrition, and weatherization for homes, visit utahca.org. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and the Subaru Share the Love event a partnership with local charities in delivering hope this holiday season. Learn more and info on how to get involved at markmillersubaru.com. All right, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Rashawn from Roundtable Tuesdays. Coming up, we got Democracy Now! at 7 p.m. with Amy Goodman. Connor in the Late Night Lowdown at 8 p.m. Super Sounds with Chovy at 10.30 and then we wrap it right back around with John Florence starts a brand new day at six. But that's not why y'all here, y'all. Y'all here to hear me introduce Salt Lake's own and my friend, Talia Keys. What's up, South Pole Santa? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, we just letting it do what it do, Talia. I'm going to, you know, I'm all excited. I'm geeking out over here. So I got to remind myself not to curse. Yeah. Because you know how we do when we get together. <laughs> True. <laughs> so I've been, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep it real with you. I've been, uh, I've been excited, uh, excited about interviewing you or having you on for Music Meets Activism for a minute. Especially because, you you know, you've been on, on my, in the hot seat, if you will. You've been over here running the show, but you haven't, I haven't got the chance or we haven't got the chance to interview you. Yeah. So, so before we start into your music, I, I, I need to give everybody like a little behind the scenes, if you will, on the Talia Keys. So how did you get into music? From a very young age, I just played music. I listened to music. Uh, my mom, Camille, she had an incredible taste of music. So I grew up with a lot of Pink Floyd and the Beatles. And then I found Bob Marley. Okay. And literally finding Bob Marley and reggae music and hearing this these songs about things that actually matter mm -hmm. clicked for me. You know, because I wasn't vibing with the, the love songs and all that. I was like, no, give me something more. And finding Bob in my teen years, I was like, okay, I want to play. But I've been playing drums since I was nine years old. Okay. And then uh, guitar at 16 and mandolin for a little while. And then went back to drums for a hot minute. Played in my band Marinade for eight years. Mm. And then, uh, you know, I decided I wanted to be on the guitar more and be able to front more and not be working so hard all night. So, yeah, I started my new group, Tally Keys in Love, about six or seven years ago. And oh. we've been doing it. Y'all have been doing it. All right. So let's start off. We got we got the first first song is uh, Everybody's Gay by Lizzo. Yes. So so why this song? You know, I'm gay. <laughs> if you couldn't tell from <laughs> the way <laughs> I <laughs> look, <laughs> y'all. Yeah. Breaking news, y'all. <laughs> and uh, growing up as a queer human in Salt Lake City, Utah, and not Mormon. I was raised Catholic and... And just being in this, like, othered group my whole life and hiding it from myself, mm. right? I was finally able to come out actually through a sobriety thing that I had done. You know, I was playing a lot of shows. I was drinking. Yeah. I was going down this bad path. And I did a stint of sobriety. And I was finally able to say, oh, that's what you've been hiding this whole time and come out. And it was really a big deal. And I came out late in life. I was 21. Okay. No, no, no. Older than that. I'm sorry. Way older than that. <laughs> I'm like, dang. Uh, time flies when you're having fun, you truth, know. Truth, truth. But I think I was about 25, I want to say. All right. So for me, 
it was a hard time and, and I, kid people would call me lesbian when I was little and I didn't know what that meant. No. You're a kid. You no, just want to like skateboard and play basketball and you don't know that you're wearing boys clothes. You just like it. And so for me, it was like coming back and coming out just like was this huge thing where it was a beautiful experience for me. Yes, there was some hardship. Yes, there's loss. Yes, I've lost jobs in this city because of it and friends and fans. I'm talking to you. Uh, they don't listen to KRCL. No, no, Come no. on, let's be real. Uh, but, we, we hope, but we, but truth be told, we know yes. that might not be a thing. But, you know, for me, just finally coming out was this joy, a joy that I had never felt before. And mm. not hiding, not trying to, you know, pretend you're somebody that you're Chance not. To be yourself. Yeah. And with, uh, you had reached out and said you want to do this music meets activism. I was like, yes, please. And especially with what recently happened in Colorado, Colorado. Springs yeah. and senseless violence. And trans people are being attacked and we see that, you know, politicians are attacking queer people, specifically trans people and drag queens right now. And you're seeing violence because of it. And when Lizzo released this track, I lost my mind. I freaked out. I was like, everybody's gay. I've been saving, saying this my whole life. Everybody's gay for someone. And I really don't think that sexuality is such a black and white thing or, or this or that. It is a whole beautiful spectrum. Definitely fluid. And we're all learning as we go. We've, we didn't have language for some of these things until recent. So when she came out with this banger track, I was like, yes, this is not only excellence in music and a nod to some old school MJ vibes, mm -hmm. But what she's talking about and just being so celebration, you know, it's a yeah. celebration of who we all are. All right. <laughs> so well, here it is. Let's hear that celebration of who we all are. Everybody's Gay, Radio Edit, Lizzo from the album Special. So I'm going to be honest. When I first heard about this award, I was on the fence about whether I should accept because if I'm the people's champ, I don't need a trophy for championing people. You know what I'm saying? I'm here tonight because to be an icon isn't about how long you've had your platform. Being an icon is what you do with that platform. And, and ever since the beginning of my career, I've used my platform to amplify marginalized voices. So. Tonight, I am sharing this honor. Make some noise for the people, y'all. These are all activists and people that I think deserve this spotlight. Make some noise for them right now. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna say all of their names. <laughs> this is Mari Copany, better known as Little Miss Flint. She spent the past eight years fighting to ensure everyone in Flint and in communities across the nation has access to safe drinking water. She's only 15 years old. This is Shirley Raines. Through her organization, Beauty to the Streets, she makes the human connection with the unhoused people of Los Angeles and makes them feel loved and love what they see in the mirror. Make some noise. This is Yasmin Aker. She's an Iranian-American grassroots activist. She is a voice for the voiceless and works with various organizations supporting the Iranian women and people's fight for freedom and democracy. This is Emiliana Guerreca, and if you've been to a women's march, she's probably behind it. As the founder of the Women's March Foundation, she helps amplify our voices. Meet Esther Young Lim. She's the author of the booklet, How to Report a Hate Crime, and seeks to eradicate barriers and empower the Asian American and Pacific Islander community. 
Alicia Fer Montez. She's a Chicana indigenous artist and activist, co-founder of the groundbreaking women's collective Mujeres de Maíz. She has created a safe platform for indigenous women of color to express themselves. This is Jayla Rose, <laughs> a professionally trained dancer who is making sure there's space for transgender and non-binary performers in the dance community. Watch out for that big girl. <laughs> Meet Kara Roselle Smith, a member of the Chappaquiddick Wampanoag tribe. She works tirelessly to seek justice for black and indigenous communities and is fighting for land back and reparations. This is Maggie Mireles and her sister Eva Mireles was a teacher and a hero who lost her life protecting her students during the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Maggie is continuing her fight. and despicable gun violence that has become far too common. Make some noise. I'd like you to meet Amelia Bono, co-founder of Shout Your Abortion, who is working to normalize abortion, increase awareness of abortion pills, and motivate people to work in support of abortion access in their communities. Make some noise. Yeah, we still going. This is Odelia Romero, an advocate and translator for the indigenous peoples from Mexico and Central America who are now living in the United States. Her woman-led organization, Cielo, brings daily relief to her community in Los Angeles, yes. Meet, meet Rabbi Tarlin Rabizadeh. She is committed to building a bridge between Jewish people of all colors and backgrounds. And as an Iranian American, she is fighting to amplify the plight of the Iranian people. This is Sahar Pirzada, who is working on behalf of Muslim women here in America to advance reproductive justice and protect the community from gendered violence and oppressive systems. This is Shandy Moore, who works as a community health educator at Children's Health Hospital in Los Angeles, giving trans and gender non-conforming youth the tools they need to live their lives as their authentic selves. This is Crystal Echo Hawk, a member of the Pawnee Nation of Oklahoma, who seeks to amplify native voices through her organization. Illuminative. She disrupts the invisibility of Native peoples here in America. <laughs> Meet Reshma Saljani, who is advocating for the moms. As a founder of the Marshall Plan for Moms, she fights for paid family leave, affordable childcare, and equal pay for all. And this is Tamika Palmer. She fights in honor of the memory of her daughter, Breonna Taylor. Say her name! Mm, give them their flowers and honestly i'm i know we were talking off air that's that's kind of you know it's i don't even want to say kind of that's exactly why i wanted to have you on talia because i wanted the opportunity to give you your flowers somebody oh. I, I admire 
somebody I respect, somebody uh, like I just I just love you straight off. Like you know what I mean? Because of every because of who you are and what you do for the community. And when I saw this, I was like, Laura, we gonna play this, but because this. This is like when I when I hear Lizzo speak, it reminds me of what you do because you don't you don't have you don't have to do what you do. You don't you know, I mean, mm -hmm. you do because I know who you are. But you know what I mean? Like you, you know, you are a, a amazing human being. But, you know, I'm, I'm a black man. You know, I you know, when people see me in the streets, they know I'm black. You know, maybe they 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 might think you're gay, but they don't know, you know. And, yeah. And, you know, and, and it's like not that you don't present one way or another, but you don't have to be out and about, but you choose to be. Yeah. And so I, I think that's it, it's really res it's respect. It's respect of everything you do for for not just your community, but for communities across the board. And, I, I you know, for for everybody listening, for everybody who cares about you, for everybody who you are out there showing up for i just want to say thank you for what you do oh, thank you rashawn that means a lot it really does Absolutely. and i mean i gotta give you your flowers too as well as radioactive i listen every single night at 6 p.m i cook dinner and listen and yeah, i do. feel so connected to my community because of this radio station and program specifically and what you bring to Tuesday nights, you know? And then I know that I could go out and see you at a show and we can dance and boogie and you enjoy know, get down. and have a good time. Uh, but I really do appreciate that. And, you know, I'm so glad you played that clip from Lizzo because she's like, I'm going to make all these rich white people listen to what I have to say <laughs> right now. I mean, we were talking about yeah. it. Yeah. And putting these voices, like you said, would never get a chance to be, at, what was that from the People's Choice People's Awards? People's Choice Awards. Yeah. They would never get this platform. Five minutes. That's like $10 million That's in advertising. So much money. And she's like, here, I, this isn't for me. This is about all of these causes that are happening right now. And I, that's how I feel. You know, I can't help but see what's happening around me and feel. I, I'm, an, I'm an empathetic person. Mm -hmm. I don't like to say I'm an empath because, you know, that goes a weird yeah. way. But, like, I can definitely feel when we need to do better. And we are in this, like, crux of a situation. This pandemic has been raging. Mm -hmm. It's been three years of terror on so many people. Your guests that y'all just had on the show you know, families are being turned away at the shelters. People with children are being turned away at our homeless shelters and they're sleeping in their cars. And for me, I can't sit with that and mm -hmm. say, hey, come support my music. It's like, no, like we need to do more. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's just been my heart since I was little. And I'm glad that I can combine music with what I care about. I love that. So what, so I guess that leads to the next question. What was the catalyst in Talia Key's life to really launch you into activism. Cause yeah. I, I know it's like, you know, it, it feels almost presumptuous to be like, I'm an activist, but but straight up, you are an activist. Yeah, honestly, I just, I went and saw a Michael Franti and Spearhead show. Okay. Okay, and you know, the old school Spearhead yep. days, they were very, very political. Yeah, they were. To a point where people told him, hey, you'd have more fans if you would lighten up. And I think it took him a couple years and he did do that. I don't listen to his music anymore, mm -hmm. you know, but that really heavy stuff where he would talk about what's going on and he would talk about rights and human struggles and the, the song Stay Human, you know, everybody's got a right, every flower's got a right to be blooming. Yep. And that just hit me in a profound way. And I was like, you can do more. You can make people feel good. You can connect to your community 
and you can do it for a cause. And so, you know, for me, just being queer, being in Utah, seeing these artists that I loved so much, I was like, well, how do I connect my causes? Um, I'm also a type one diabetic. Since 10 years old, I've had this disease. And I went to a little thing called diabetes camp growing up. And so at the age of 16, or actually 14, I decided to be a counselor. I wanted to go back and give back to the same organization that gave so much to me as a youth, you know, save my life, really. Mm -hmm. And so going back and volunteering for four whole weeks of the summer, not getting paid, you know, that was my life that I was living at camp and I was a counselor. And then eventually I took over and I was the program director. At the age of 16, I was in charge of 160 kids. Okay. 24 hours a day for six days. Dang. And I did all the programming. I did all the, like, here's what we're doing today. Here's our theme. Here's our costumes. And I would play music at camp. And I would see that playing music and getting kids up on a stage just opened something in them and told them, take up this space, be big. And then, you know, a rock camp happens. I was going. You know Rock camp happens. And Rock Camp is uh, our local nonprofit, Rock Camp SLC. It's part of a greater GRCA, the Girls Rock Camp Alliance. And it is a week-long music camp. It's empowerment. We use music to teach girls, trans, and non-binary youth that they matter. They have purpose, that their voices can change the world and make it a better place. And I've been so stoked to be involved in that organization for the last seven years. And it's been life-changing. Oh, man. <laughs> snaps uh, as a, snaps you know, to all I mean, the camp that, people that's, that's, well, it, it just resonates so hard because one a lot of people don't know but I was also a camp counselor yeah there you go lifeguard. you get it and then you know as a as a old school I don't want to say old school because my musical talent is not old school but you know I came through rock camp you know so yes, I you did know, and so I just I just love that you provide this space I, I love that you provide this space because it is important it is important especially as as a female or identifying f- female, it's it's got to be rough to just show up in a you know like a guitar center that or just oh, the yeah. industry in general that is very male dominated and it feels like there's a lot of gatekeeping going on. There's so much gatekeeping and there is there always will be. You know, it's just the the world is based in the patriarchy and we are chipping away at that. We're chopping that tree down. Yeah, we we're are. building new roots. We're going to we're going to do this, but it's taking time. And all I have to say is your existence is a resistance. Mm-hmm. The second that you be true to yourself is a signal to someone else who's like you that it's OK to be that way, you know, and take up space, be loud. And rock camp is just a life changing thing where you see these kids who come in and won't say a single word. And at the end of the the week, they're jumping off their bass amp, you know, landing and just like doing a power pose. You're like, who is this kid? Love it. But, you know, and we learn most of our kids are bullied. Most of our kids have dealt with issues uh, at school, at church, with their family. You know, some kids will even come and be out at camp, but they're not out at home, Mm. you know. So we're a safe space and... We just want people to know that like they matter, that their their art can change the world. And so for me, it's just like being active, uh, you know, and then working with just different organizations, being here at KRCL. This is activism. You know, this is a volunteer position and this is an activist radio station. True and true. And uh, there's just been a lot of near things that are near to my heart. Um, I love the work that the Other Side Academy does. That's I lost my dad to addiction a few years back, you know, and had met them. I started playing shows for them. I would love to get back. Call me back. Other side. 
Um, and then another group or a person, individual that I really respect is Ty Bellamy with oh, yeah, Black, Black Lives Black for Humanity. Humanity. She is out there every single day clothing people, giving uh, food, giving, you know, letting people warm up inside her vehicles. She is doing people's laundry. She is the voice for a lot of our unsheltered people out there. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't sit by and watch all this devastation happen. And so I want to shout out to all my fans during the pandemic that helped me raise a ton of money. And we brought a bunch of firewood to tie mm -hmm. and Camp Last Hope and you know, just using your platform like Lizzo did, sharing that stage with those people, it is so important right now. And I, you know, I, I used, I even love the fact that I know when when we first started, I say we as if I'm, you know, down, but I am. I mean, you are I am down. down. <laughs> but you know, when 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 Camp Last Hope first kicked off, I remember you helped out and you got a, a porta potty down there. Yes, we did. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love it. I, I I really love it. So let's let's talk about some of these accolades that you Aww. recently <laughs> got. So. So Q Salt Lake Magazine, most fabulous local musician, Talia Keys. You know it. And then the people, the people have spoken. City Weekly, Best of Utah, number two, best local band. Boom, number two. We number two. We number, I mean, hey, sil sil silver medal. I, like, I, yeah. I mean, I'm going to just pull it out there. Anybody on the, plat on the podium, you medal, that means something, It does mean something. It really means something to me, especially because I haven't been out playing. I haven't mm. been doing what I normally do, which is play three to five times a week and tour the U.S. Yeah. I, since the pandemic, have played maybe 25 shows total. Like, may not even. In the, but, no, yeah, in the last three years, so yeah, two and a half years. For the fact that the people are still respecting the work that we did, we had to pivot and do complete online streaming. And then we started to really focus on music videos. And shout out to my wife, Milan, Killing who it. is the silent better half of me. Assassin I, on the she boards. She is, and I, I wouldn't be where I am without her, you know? And I also do want to shout out for the Respect for Marriage uh, Equality Act That's was right. just signed. They did that thing today. A bunch of our incredible local queer activists went to the White House today. Shout out to Troy Williams with Let's Equality go, Utah. Troy. So many other people too. Like the fact that my marriage now is could not be under attack is such a relief because we got married in that same week. Roe v. Wade went down, mm -hmm. and we and then they're starting to talk about marriage. Yeah, and I, that same week on our honeymoon, I was like, "Really, really? Come on, let us just enjoy a week together." But you know, and you don't realize that in in a lot of our pri privileges, we don't realize like that people are they're just being threatened. You know, their rights are being threatened every single day, and we have to stand up and we have to vote. We mm. have to work together. We have to stop infighting. That is something yes, I want to say, is. too. There's a lot of infighting, uh, you know, in any sort of activist groups. There's a lot of infighting. And I think that, yes, it's good to call out behaviors. It's good to call people in. But we have to get to a goal. You know, we have to work together and get to our goal and quit sweating all these small things. It's it's so true. It's funny that you say that. I was I was on the train coming in. And I happened to see another brother, and, and he was like, oh, I was I was homeless. And I'm like, you know, hey, I'm glad to see you back on your feet. And then he turned and he said, hey, you know, keep keep it up. You, you'll get there. And, I, you know, I reminded him, you know, hey, I'm, I'm not homeless, but, you know, I appreciate that. And that's exactly what it is. It's, it's really, uh, you know, people, I, I don't want to say like-minded, but just as a family, as, as people, we need to take care of each other. Yeah. We need to take care of each other. So what... So what is the next move for Talia? When's the next show? What do we got coming up? How do yeah. how do people find you? So you can go to my website, Talia Keys. Think Italian without the I and the N. So T-A-L-I-A-K-E-Y-S dot com. 
We have uh, all my shows every Saturday night here mm-hmm. on KRCL. Yeah, I'm the host do. of We're Here with Tally Keys, midnight to 2 a.m. I will do specials. I do uh, queer specials. I do hip-hop specials, funk specials. I love being able to do my show every week here at KRCL. It's been a huge thing for my heart. And then I've got a show with my band, Rashawn, and oh. you know we're excited for okay. that. Yeah, so the love is coming back to the stage after I said, I'm not playing any more shows. <laughs> you know, you hit these like, as artists, we're like, we're great. And then we're like, no, we're not. And it's this constant battle. Mm. But I decided, yes, I need to be where I am most happy. And that is on a stage with my friends, making music for my friends. I love it. And uh, love that it. is Friday the 13th of January at the State Room. And we got uh, our, our good friends from Ogden called Wim opening the show. And it's going to be a family affair. It's going to be fun. Oh, I'm excited. Get y'all tickets, y'all. Get the tickets. All right. So let's keep it going. We only, you know, we got about three minutes left. So you know, what keeps you doing it, Talia? I mean, it's got to be, you know, you, you talked about, you talked about the, the pandemic kind of setting you back and it's got to be a, you know, had to be a rough year, especially, you know, somebody who, who does is diabetic and doesn't want to necessarily put themselves out there and rightfully so, yeah. you know, what keeps you showing up? Uh, just like the good people that will reach out and be like, hey, your show really meant a lot to me or I like this song or you just see that your art is connecting to people. And for me, just that human connection really is important. And even, even if it's online, you know, for me that everything is online. I'm not seeing as many people. Uh, and so when people will reach out or just say, hey, what's up? That means a lot. And uh, I just want all my fans to know, thank you so much for sticking with us through this really hard time. And if I may have challenged some of your beliefs, that's a good thing. Let's get coffee. Um, And I just think we got to meet in the middle more. We got to put our heads together and fill this out and realize this life's too short. And we have got such a beautiful thing here that we need to just work towards. And that is everybody having equal rights, everybody having housing and food and all those good things that we need. I love it. I love it. Well, Talia, one, I appreciate you coming up here on this snowy yeah. Tuesday and spending some time with us with, you know, the the Roundtable Tuesday crew. I say crew. It's only me up here. Yeah, but it's a whole crew. But, it, but uh, thank you so much. You know, and, and we're going to end it with uh, one of your songs. I, I feel right like Janelle Monet is going to take us home. And yes. so everybody, thank you. Be safe out there. Always, like Talia said, this is an opportunity for everybody to really put aside our differences and talk. I think that's that's one of the things that are missing, and that's that's one of the the things that I say will pull the thread through our conversation today. Is there's there's not enough talking going on mm-hmm. in our communities, and yep. I think we need to get back to the basics. But here is "I Like That" by Janelle Monae from the album "Dirty Computer." KRCL, Salt Lake City. If you've made a recent gift to KRCL, you might be able to double your donation with one simple email to HR. Businesses like REI, Dominion Energy, and Home Depot offer matching programs. See if your employer will match your gift at krcl.org.